Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner, and our co-host, Brian Henderson, will be with be here with us shortly. Tonight's show is a special show, and we really want to talk with you, the people, about this year's coming election, the presidential election, that is. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to call us at 718-508-9600. Again, that's 718-508-9600. The reason Brian and I came up with tonight's show is we were talking with some people about this year's uh, presidential election, and we were talking about some of the things that uh, a lot of the politicians do, like going into the churches. Now, they come in the churches around the election time, and I'm not dogging the candidates that are running for office, but it just seems like they only show up in the church when they need your vote. If you agree with me, if you don't agree with me, please give me a call, 718-508-9600. And also, what do you think about religion and politics? Tonight's topic is politics and religion. Do they mix? We have Brian Henderson, our co-host, who just joined us. Brian, are you there? I am here. Yes, Brian. Welcome yes, to the show. Hey, man. I I came in a little late, but I'm here. That's okay. That's okay. I was you just telling. <laughs> yeah, I was just telling everybody about the topic for tonight's show is politics and the religion and do they mix? And one thing that I said, Brian, you probably didn't hear me. I I, I was telling them about the politicians going into the churches during uh, the election time, and after the election is over with, and they've got the votes. You don't see them in there anymore. You know, it's, it's funny you would talk about that because I can remember when, you know, when I see the politicians there, but they always talked about the separation of church and state, but yet you see every politician that's running for every office in the land show up at a church, go to worship service, talk with the pastors, try to get them, you know, to talk to their parishioners about making the right choices, you know, and so... Is there really a separation between church and state? Or, or, and what or, does that really mean? Yes. Or, or Brian, is it that I need your vote right now? I'll, I'll promise you I'll do this and I, or I'll do that. But when I get your vote, there's a separation between church and state now. I can't, I can't come to your church now. You know, Before you would come to the Baptist church or you would go to the Methodist church without a problem when you needed a vote. And I'm not dogging the candidates at all, but I'm just calling it for what it is, and that's exactly how it looks when you have someone coming to a church. You've never seen them in this church before, but they come in this church, and, Brian, it's almost as if they are, how can I say this, they embrace the fact that these politicians come into the church, and they even give them a platform to allow them to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, after they speak, Brian, they don't even stay through the whole service. That's, <laughs> They're gone. Know, that's that's the way it happens. But yet and still, we're standing there clapping for these people. And, 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 and you know, there's nothing wrong with them being politicians, but I think that they need to be a little bit more sincere with what they're doing. And the only way that's going to change is how you vote or what you say to them. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny. The other thing that I that I notice when we talk about do politics and religion mix is that you'll see increasingly that they have the poll places in churches. Yes. Where people go to vote. They vote at their church. Or they vote at a church or in a church. You know, and I can remember a couple of maybe like a year or two ago, I guess it was where a guy said he was offended because he saw a cross at the polling place that where his you know where he went to vote, and I'm thinking you're voting in a church. Of course you're going to see a cross. It's a church. 
And he said he was offended by that yeah. because he wasn't a Christian. And I'm thinking if that's the case, go vote at the courthouse. Mm. I don't know, Brian. I, I, you know, it, it it's so sad that that happens. It, it's sad that, you know, know when to talk about the church. They know when to put the church down. They know when to leave God out of everything, but they take, they accept God into things when it's more convenient for them. I remember when they 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 took prayer out of the schools, but as soon as nine one one happened, what happened? Mm. Interesting, interesting. What if what if God came to us when it helped us out when it was convenient? What if after nine one one when we prayed, uh, we all they had a day of prayer. If God would have turned His ears away from us and He didn't hear us. Well, you know, I, I what I have to say to that is it would have been a sad day. <laughs> you know, I, I you know, I I definitely believe that the day that he does that, man, you'd be better off dead. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to hear from our listeners, so call us. Tell us what you think. Does politics and religion mix? You know, do you think they mix? You know, what do you believe about the separation between church and state? What do you think about um, how the how the, the latest people who are running for president, the candidates, how they've been portrayed in the media, you know, how they talked about the faith of Mitt Romney or the faith of Barack Obama, and does that even matter to you? Brian, you, know, Brian, you know what, I want to ask this question. Does it really matter what their religion is? Because I read an email, you and I were talking today, and it said that Barack Obama is a Muslim. I read that. You know, during this time of year, this is when it's going to start getting nasty. It's going to start getting ugly. And the emails are circulating now that uh, he worships, uh, his, his religion is Muslim, is Islam, and he's just, do you want this type of person that, Attack us nine one one. Do you want this person running the show? Well, see, here's the thing. You know, and I'm not advocating for any religion except for my own. But you know, do you really know this to be true that he is a Muslim? And who's to say it was somebody who was a Muslim in the true sense of the word who practices Islam? How do you know these were the same people who attacked? The uh, the World Trade Center. You know, you knew that you you called them Muslim, but they could have easily been Arabs who didn't practice Islam. You know, but we just see. I think what's happened is we just automatically put a term on a people and immediately say, "Oh, that's a Muslim." The Arabs, they Muslims. Well, most of them aren't. Some of the people who we think are Arabs aren't even Arabs. They're Persians. But like Iran. When we think about Iran, Iran's not re- they're not really Arab. They're Persian. And this is the which thing, is Brian. Different. Yeah. And, Brian, I, I think this is something that's so important that a lot of us fail to realize is that in this beautiful country of ours, we have the choice to choose whatever religion we want. Mm-hmm. As the president, you have to be a president to every religion in this country. Yes. You can't pick and choose and say, I'm going to write this law, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do whatever, and I'm going to veto this because I don't believe in this or I don't believe in that. Well, see, more importantly, Greg, I think it's just that you have, as the president, you have to, do, you have to execute the will of the people. It's not the, the other way around. Right. They don't execute your will. You execute their will. So if the will of the people said this is what we want as a people and they democratically have voted on that particular issue, let's say they decided we wanted English to be the law of the land and that no other uh, language should be spoken here except for English. It's the official language of America. Let's say they did that. If the people voted and it voted down, then they couldn't go back and re-legislate that and say we're going to do it anyway. Because it has to be at the will of the people. Yeah. If they did that by democratic process, you would vote them out. 
Yes. And, Brian, you know what? We want everybody to call in. We want to hear from our guests. We want to hear from, from our listeners. If you have any questions or comment, give us a call at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Brian, I was waiting for uh, this caller here from the 310 area code. We're going to do something really quick right now. Caller, are you there from the 310 area code? Yes. Hello, brother. How you doing? Very well, thank you. And yourself? Yes, Brian. This is the call that we've been waiting on. It's going. Uh, we're going to take a break really quick and uh, let this gentleman talk, and then we're going to get back into the show. Okay. Okay. Well, I thank you for the time being. Uh, blessings to everyone in 2008. This is Jihad Scott with Mana V, also with Greg and Brian. And just so you know, Mana V is an antioxidant drink that blasts cancer cells out of the body. Those of you with high blood pressure heart disease, or any form of prostate cancer or cancer, period, we want to get a bottle right away. Those of us who are not sick, those of us who are not sick are drinking it because we don't want to have any problems like prostate cancer, high blood pressure, or heart disease. So please, when you can, ask yourself this question. Have you had your fruit today? Four ounces of monovy is equivalent to 14 servings worth of fruits and vegetables. Please contact the following email address to get your bottle of Monovy. Mikkel? That is monovy.atlanta at yahoo.com. And you want to give Greg's email address, I'm sure? Greg's email address is Gregory Turner at abundantsolutionsenterprises.com. Repeat right. that, please. Gregory Turner at AbundantSolutionsEnterprises.com. Did you guys want to ask us any questions about that before you go back to your regular show? You may, if not, peace and blessings and good health and have your fruit today. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know what, while we have Mikkel on the phone, Mikkel, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Are you there? What do I'm you here. Think, what, do you, what do you think about, what's your take on uh, politics and religion? Do they mix? You know what? The way that they design this country, basically, um, it really doesn't, but it's like a catch-22 because they founded it upon um, Bible principle, um, according to the Christian principles. But it's kind of hard to really, you know what I'm saying, really separate what we believe, our foundational beliefs, and politics because that's who we are. If you think about the great nations of Islam, um, they, their religion and their government, are, are, they're not separate. This is why the uh, Islamists are very passionate about their politics because it, it's intertwined. So in other countries, they don't understand, you know, our concept of the separation of God and state. So I really believe that whatever one's um, foundational beliefs are, it, it, they will carry over into politics. Some sort of way is going to manifest. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, Brian. You know, we're going to get back to the show. Thank you, Mikhail, and thank you, Jihad. We, You're we welcome. Know, you know what? May I expound on that for one second and say one thing, sure. Greg, please, and that is that is there religion in politics? That's almost like saying is God not everywhere? <laughs> yes, he is everywhere, yeah. and we know that he is. And we also know that, that the devil is going to try to be everywhere. Yeah. So is there racism in politics? Yes, there's no borderline. Does God and religion spread across the board? Yes, it does. Does it have a place in politics? That's the golden question. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And you know what? We, you know, all the listeners that are listening right now, Jihad is going to—he's—he's he, uh, promised us that he's going to come back on the show. We're going to do a, a show, a one show, completely about what he's doing and how he can help you uh, get good health and and how he, if you want to put money in your pocket, he can show you how to do that. He and Mikhail both are going to definitely be back on with us. Uh, we're going to schedule something. Probably we'll talk with them tonight or tomorrow, and we'll schedule a show, and we'll definitely post it. So if you know if there's something or dreams that you have, they can definitely help you achieve those dreams and goals. Okay, super. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right. God bless. Yeah. Bye-bye. Brian. Yes. What do you... What what do you what do you say about the uh, the email I was telling you about that I that I read about? Uh, uh, oh, you mean with uh, Barack Obama and yes, yes. Uh, his religion of uh, Islam? Yes, 
you know, it's funny because when I read that, I'd already know, I already knew a little bit about it, mm-hmm. and I knew what people were trying to do. See, when there's a candidate out there, and you have to understand politics, they want to try to get every possible negative angle placed upon you so that they can discredit you. You know, and I, I haven't decided on who I'm going to vote for, whether it be Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or whatever. You know, I'm still watching the polls. I'm still watching the candidates. And so right now it's it's really a toss-up for me. Mm-hmm. But what I have watched is negative campaigning. And that's one of the things that kind of turns me off about certain candidates is the mm-hmm. way that they campaign or even when they campaign under the guise of being positive, but they let little innuendos fall in, mm-hmm. you know. And so with Barack Obama, of course they're going to put that out there. Now everybody knows of course, and he's already talked about this in his book and on numerous different occasions about the fact that his family is Muslim. You know, they talked about, oh, he's uh, he's running as a, as a sleeper candidate for the Muslims and the Muslim movement. Well, the man has already said he professed Christianity. He attends a Christian church. He's been a Christian probably longer than he's been a Muslim. So... What's the big knack on him? People make decisions every day. What's What's Hillary's uh, religious beliefs? You know is, what? Is it Catholic? I think it's Catholic, but I, I don't think they really discuss that. Hmm. Because it's really not a big issue with Hillary. You know what I mean? They're not going to talk about her her faith. You know, she'll talk she'll talk briefly about her faith, but they're not going to condemn her about her faith because. For well, the people that she's that she's that you know want to see her get in, they don't want that brought up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want that to be the focal point of a positive or negative campaign. You know, in the sense of uh, let's say like a Governor Romney, where they talked about him being a Mormon and how the fact that Mormons, you know, didn't uh, didn't like black people up or they didn't allow black people to become Mormons until a certain date and that they hated, you know black people. Well, there were a lot of religions that hated, you know, that I won't say hated, but they just weren't favorable to blacks. You know, one being Christianity for a good while, but nobody's going to really focus on that and talk about that. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's only because, and the only reason this stuff even makes news is because people love to see negative ads. They love negative. They love the negativity because it's what fuels it, it's what drives them to watch again. You know, when they're showing flowers on TV, it's not as fun as when they're showing somebody chasing down, showing police chasing down a drug dealer on cops. You see what I mean? <laughs> hmm Yes. Brian, we have a caller from the 757 area code. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm Yes, are you there? Yeah. Yes, Just how are you doing? you have a question or a comment? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, okay, go ahead. All right, I have a comment, though. You know, as far as religion go in politics, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, as far as I, me personally, you know, I think that, you know, most religions, most religions are basically the same, but, you know, we have our differences, though. I'm like this as long as, you know, Long as they do what's best, what's best for the country, you know what's best for everybody. Listen, right. I'm fine with whatever religion you are. Remember. Right, right. So, 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 what you're saying is, if we elect a president, he has to be a president for the Muslims, the Christians, the Methodists, the Catholic, the Hindus. He has to be a president to every religion in this country. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying. I'm just saying that you know. As long as he do what benefits everyone, you know, I'm fine with it, all of us, you know. Not just his certain religion or another certain religion. I'm just talking about all of us. So do you think the president has to put his religious beliefs aside and not make decisions based on his religious beliefs? No, don't put put your religion aside, you know. Like I said, you're going to still have your beliefs no matter, you know, no matter who you are. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so, but I'm just saying, like, don't put your religion in front of everyone else's, you know. Right, right. Don't put it before. Right, right. But, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of things that, that happen in the world, a lot of us, there's, like, some religious beliefs that we don't, you know, that we believe in, that some things that we won't do. But as a president, you kind of have to put your, you like you said, you have to do what's best for the country. You have yeah. to do that. But if it's religious belief, if if they practice that a certain thing that he has to do, he don't believe in that thing. Now, as a as a you know as a country as a whole, he's making a decision. He kind of he you know he's got to put it not to put his religion to the side, but he has to make the decision, like you said, that's best for this country. Yes. Yes. And you know, Greg, I, I want to comment on that also. Okay. I think it's it, when you're the president of the United States or when you're in any type of governing position, you're going to vote based on two things. You're going to vote, vote based or you're going to decide something based on the rule of law that's currently in place, and you're also going to vote based or decide based on your convictions. And it's your beliefs or your, your whatever belief system you have that drives your convictions. And so most of the time you will vote or decide on something based on your faith or your belief in something. Mm-hmm. Because that's what faith is. Faith is believing in something. Yes. Do yes. you agree, Colin? Yes, yes, I agree with you. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you, hey, Carla. Well, thank you for calling. Yes, yes. Thank you. Brian. Anytime. Yes. Brian, we have another caller on from the 407 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, Hi. go ahead. you have a question or a comment for us? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm actually, um, I vibe with the free will thing. And so because of that and because politics address a lot of people, I feel like it. you have to hold to what you love dear, you know what I mean? Yes. But at the same time, we talked about tolerance way back when, and that is being a Christian, um, because you have to be tolerant of people, and you have to be kind and considerate of the fact that not everyone has the same beliefs. But what stands true is the fact that when you're political, you go by land laws, and the law never changes. Respect for the law, respect for common courtesy, those things just never change. So um, being whatever you are, as long as you the forefront is love and compassion and doing the right thing and minding the laws, mm-hmm. um, then I just don't believe that we can we can play the religion card on anyone. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me ask you this, Carla. I don't know if you watched the news this past week. I think a, a lady asked Hillary Clinton a question. I think the question was, uh, how does she do what she do? And I think Hillary cried. Did you see that? I don't know if you saw I that. I didn't right. see that, no. Right, yeah. She cried in her explanation. She was telling the lady that it's so hard. Now, and I'm not saying this to down Miss Clinton, or I'm not saying it because she's a woman, but how does that look? When you are running for president or whatever it is that you're doing and you're saying that it's so hard that you shed tears, what if you had to go to war and you had to make a decision to say lives will be lost? Well, you know the presidency is not a, it's not an army of one, thank God. Yes. So therefore, um, major decisions are not just in her thumb alone. Um, I think she'll fare well. I mean, I don't believe she'll, uh, that's not for me to say either way whether she'll win or not, but I think she'll she'll fare well. Mm-hmm. But what probably was leaning on her heart that caused her um, to to show display those tears mm-hmm. is the fact that it is very hard because you're always constantly put in a predicament of what is right versus what your heart says is right. Right. And let me ask and that's, yes, that's a battle. That's a battle constantly. Yes, it is. And let me ask Brian this question. Brian, do you think her shedding the tears, do you think that that was a sign of weakness, or do you think that that was a sign of uh, of, of sincerity that this country needs to see? Well, you know, it's a tough one because you never know just, you never know if it was staged. I mean, you don't know if it was sincere or not. 
you know, and that's really the dilemma that you have with with this whole candidacy and this whole process because some of these things could be staged because you got to remember that these, you know, and I'm not saying that that was staged, right. you know. Well, let me say this first. It could be shown as a sign of weakness because when she has to go back and to do something really tough that maybe will pull on a tug on our heartstrings, will she break down or will she stand resolute? Hmm. You see? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a real tough call. You know, but, again, with with the way that these campaign managers and these political strategists do, they come up with strategies and plans to get people to talk about their candidates. So, yes, it could have easily been someone who leaked the fact that Mitt Romney was a Mormon and uh, Barack Obama was born a Muslim and, you know, Hillary was crying tears or shedding tears. It could have been, you know, easily that all those events were staged just to keep their names in the public eye. Hmm. give you a perfect example. There was a senator called named Chris Dodd that was running for president. The only reason I know he was running for president is because he just bowed out of the race. Now, why wouldn't he be in the public eye, in the news like that? Because one reason. He did not have that star power, that one, you know, that that wonder factor that the media was looking for. Think about it when you have like a Senator John Edwards who's running. His big thing was that he ran before as vice president, and then he ran before, you know, as um, running for president. And, you know, his wife uh, has battled with breast cancer, so that became a big issue, you know, and then... And I think I think Giuliani I think Giuliani is dealing with the same thing I believe I I haven't really heard anybody say or mention his uh, uh, if the cancer is gone or, or or what but I remember when right. he was the governor um, that was you mean the thing the mayor I mean the mayor I'm sorry yes the mayor that that was something that came out and I thought that that was one same of the reasons same thing with uh, with John McCain yes same thing with John McCain you had these things that oh is he going to be healthy enough to run the country right you know. And it's like, okay, I can have a cold, and now I'm not healthy enough to run the country, you know. <laughs> or I go and have a procedure done, and now I'm not healthy enough to run the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, look at Dick Cheney. He's had heart attacks. He's had pacemakers installed, removed, installed again. He's had his heart jump-started. I mean, and nobody questions whether he can govern the United States or not. Yes. So, you know, Brian, so you know, I think part of it is just that it's it's the whole media factor that really drives and fuels the candidates did basically go all out, pull all the stops out. That's why you'll see negative campaigns. You'll see people trying to appease to the to left, to the right, to the ones in the middle, to the undecided, to the wholly decided, to the people who might change their mind if they see something different in a candidate. You know, and faith plays a huge part in that because they have to get you to do the central thing that requires faith. They have yes. to get you to believe in what they're selling. You know what, Brian, I don't know if you were on the call when I when I was talking about how this country when we when we had nine one one and how we all came together as one. Now that was a beautiful time for us. We all came together. I mean every everywhere you, you look, Brian, everybody was hugging and praying together and, and doing all these different things and and shortly after that we went back to doing the things that we used to do, and I want to say this: that I know that the president or someone they they came up with this this thing to so that we could do a day of prayer at a certain time. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm, the National Day of Prayer. Right. What if what if we had someone in the office that didn't believe in Jesus, that don't believe in God? Well, you know, it's funny because in the National Day of Prayer. It's not it's not relegated to a to a single religion or anything. Mm-hmm. It's whoever, and you actually have people who protested the National Day of Prayer because they don't believe in prayer. Mm. Now here's the thing: I don't typically believe in you know going out trick or treating Halloween. I haven't done it in a long time, you know. But do I do I want people to stop trick or treating? 
No, because if that's what you choose to do, if that's what you believe you should be doing, who am I to say you can't do it? That's between you and your faith. That's between you and your belief system. Yes. You know, that's between you and your God. Yes. And, Brian, you know, what if, so, you know yes. I'm sorry, I, we have so many different religions in this country. Can you imagine a president standing before the American people saying that he believes in Wicca, which is witchcraft? You know, I, I, you know what's funny about that? If he did, you would never, ever hear somebody talk about it. Now, what that would be something that he would more than, or she would more than likely take to the grave. And I'll tell you why. Because what people can, when people consider Wicca to be is satanic, and there's no way that that. that, that Anybody running for president is going to their their strategists will say, "Are you crazy, president?" or hopeful, because that's going to give a negative connotation to what they're trying to do. You see what I mean? If yeah. it's something that's that's related to witchcraft, which you know historically has always been a negative thing, you know it's been uh, constituted as being evil, ungodly, and you know, the majority of, especially in the United States, the majority of the United States either practices Christianity or believes in Christianity. Brian, you know what? Let me go back to the 310 area code. I want, I want to hear what Mikhail has to say. Mikhail, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes. Did you hear my, my, what, what I said about the, if we had a president to stand before the American people and say, I confess, or I, I am... Um, into the Wicca or the witchcraft. I'm, I'm into that. That's my thing. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. How, what, how do you think the American people would, would stand for that? And the reason I say it, and I'm not comparing any religion, I'm not doing that, I, I heard them talking about one of the candidates that's uh, a Mormon. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they've placed this man on an island by himself because of that. Mm-hmm. And I've never heard him confess. I, I, you know, I don't know if he is or if he's not. But there's only certain religions that these people will say. The, the candidates will say. You have some that are Catholic. You have some that are Christian, and some are Methodist. I haven't heard anybody else say anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost as if you, um, I'm not going to tell you, so don't ask me. Kind yes. of thing. Don't ask. Don't don't tell. Type of thing. I, I believe that we as a nation, are headed towards something like that. Of course, the devil would have to sneak in and then reveal himself later. But um, the way that even, um, I would say, the uh, um, professing or uh, across-the-board Christian, because, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what is Christian? There are actually 1,500 Christian denominations. Did you know that? (laughs) Across the country, 1,500. And... And so many people, you know, I have my book out, you know, um, The Good Side of Evil, and I expose astrology and witchcraft in that book. There's a lot of Christians who believe in astrology. Mm. There's a lot of Christians who practice um, New Age techniques and movements, and there's another wave of this, of this little prophetic movement that's going on where people are actually channeling spirits. Yes. So, so it, you know, the, the way that our country is going now, the, the way that this, this country defends gays in the military, gays, even in the Episcopal Church, even in the church, how we support, I wouldn't say we, but them, they support um, things that are actually that God is against in the Bible. So I believe that our, our country is at, at the point right now to, to be uh, tolerant, because, you know, they have actually used the art of, of what they call semantics to change the meaning of words so that, you, so that they can go ahead and, you know, and, and devise whatever plan that they want to devise. So they will say that, we're, that we're, it's a hate crime or, you know, they, they will play up on the words to, to make the, uh, the underdog seem as if he is a victim. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I believe that we are in a position where our country would receive something like that. Yes, and you know I what? really do. Yes, and Brian, I I, I wanted to, to get your take on this, Brian and Mikhail, both of you. When it's election time and we see the the candidates show up in the church, 
Mm-hmm. It's almost if if you pay attention to what's going on, it's almost as if he's already talked to somebody before he came in that church. He may not be he may not be on the program for that for that day. And I don't know if he's uh they leave him off of that just for for strategic reasons, but it's almost as if they don't tell anybody that he's going to be there. Now, some of them do. Some of them do, but most of the time they don't. The churches that I've gone to, and I've seen the politicians in there, they were not on the program. So when it was time, they gave him, uh, he, the woman or the man, they gave them time to stand before the congregation and campaign. Mm-hmm. And this person didn't have the respect to stay through the service. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Now, what do you say about the preacher that allows something like that to happen? And he, you know this man or woman, you know they're never coming back in that church again. You know, it's and that's that's the thing. Most of it is political. It's, most churches become political. And I'm not saying that churches shouldn't be involved in the political process because I believe that everybody should be involved with the political process and that they should vote according to their faith. Hmm. If they're, if look, because this is what I truly believe, the candidate that I'll vote for will be the candidate that closely resembles me hmm. and what I believe in and my principles. And if they don't, then I, I, I probably have to vote for the lesser of two evils, <laughs> you know, which is what I've had to do in the last couple of years. But yeah. that's besides the point. But, you know, yeah. the, the thing that's real central to this is that when you see that happen, you should know right away. And see, most most people don't. You know, like I attend a predominantly black church, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you don't see black candidates come to church until they're campaigning. And then they will run the gambit. What church are we going to now? We're going to go to this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. We're going to hit every church in my district. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing in a sense, because they need to be available, and they're going to have to be available in the place that has the largest contingency of people. So why not go to the church? Mm. That would make sense, because you, mm-hmm. you also would figure that people that go to church got at least a little bit of sense because they're in church. But you know what, Brian? <laughs> you know what? Everything, believe it or not, they always talk about the separation of church and state. Everything comes through that church. Mm-hmm. It's coming through the church, and Brian, I, we have a, we have I another. I tell you home. this. Yeah. I tell you this. You have any pastor of a large congregation condemn somebody running for office. Mm-hmm. Have him condemn somebody running for office, and you watch the effect that it has on his constituents. That's true. So you get you you absolutely right. It comes through the church because if the if the pastor of that church or that large con- congregation says, "Don't y'all vote for him." Most of the people in there are going to say, my pastor said don't vote for him. Mm-hmm. And the word's going to get out. And then those grants are going to get cut. <laughs> Brian, we have we have another caller from the 407 area code. I think she has something important that she wants to say to us. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, go ahead, please. This one thing that sticks in my mind and it stays in my heart, and I want to share it with you all. Um, in Jeremiah 17:9, the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? Because the wicked always have some excuse to defend their doings. He shows their own lewd imaginations. Deceive them and bring them to these hardships. But God will examine their deeds by the malice of their hearts. So that's every man, woman, child upon the face of the earth. We want to we define people. And we want to be able to recognize people, so we study them closely and we listen to their words. And we often are misled, no matter what, because only God knows the heart, and He only only God knows the true motives. Yes. So you can still be the best person, have the best speech, look very good, and uh, but that's that's the, the Antichrist will also. Yes. And, and Satan does also. So we, you know. The best thing of all is the the Holy Spirit, is to rely on Him to do the judging for those that are believers. Now, I can't speak upon anyone else and what their faith may allow them to do or tells them to do, 
But um, as far as myself, I just, I know that no matter what the person looks like or how they carry themselves or what they do in life, um, I can be fooled. The very elect will be fooled. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. You know what? It, it does say also, too, in my favorite book, it says that man will study man's ways. Brian, I know you read that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's almost it's, it's almost like, you know, I, I don't understand it when we have politicians, and, and I'm, I'm just saying this because of the, the way that they act. It's, just, it's almost like they don't look at us as individuals. It's almost as if they look at us as the statistics on getting what they want. And this is the thing that you have to do to get what you want. You do this, you do this, you do this. And the sad thing about all of it is, Brian, that now in 2008, Baraka has to have security. All of them have security. But I'm talking months and months ago, there were threats on his life. And I'm sure uh, Hillary Clinton is probably going to go through that, too. I'm sure she's going to go through that. But that's a, sad, that's a sad time when you still have people wanting and plotting to kill people that want to be in a political office. Now, 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 this is a question for for anybody's on the air. You know, Mikhail and Brian, you can both chime in. Is this country ready for a female to be president or an African American to be president? We will soon see. <laughs> no, I need more than that. Come on, come on, Mikhail. I know you. I know you're still there. You know, I what I believe is that this country could be ready for a pre- for uh, a female president. They could be ready for, you know, they could be ready for an African-American president. But the real question is, is that candidate ready for this country? Hmm. Wow. I, I, I was actually trying to talk and, thought, and my mute button was on, and, and I, I, I really thought about what you said, and, um, before, you know, my opinion was that I believe that the country, well, um, mainstream, quote-unquote, America would would have been more ready for a white woman rather over a black man because a white woman is still considered in this country superior, you know, according to this racialism, racism um, over a black man. But I really believe that the country is more is ready for a black man over this white woman. I really believe that because Baraka, um, you know, and he's not any black man. He is Baraka um, Obama. Um, He has this charismatic appeal, and I'm not trying to, because I'm not even Democrat, (laughs) so I'm not trying to campaign for him, but I told my parents the other night that I would vote for a black man, period. And my mom was like, well, you know, I, I want to vote for whoever is whoever's going to do us right. Well, you know, this is basically my political opinion. And as a black person and all of the things that black people have to go through in this country, and this, this is not against anyone, but do you know what this would do for the black men of our country to see one of us in office? Hmm. Whatever his views are, what do do you think this would do for the many of us who are in prison, who are on drugs? What do you think that that this would do for the black man's self-esteem? That would give us something. I believe this would clean up a lot of the mess that's going on. Yes, I I believe that too. And let me ask you this about Hillary. Mm -hmm. I believe that if if Hillary wins and and she's the, the, the Democratic chosen one, Mm-hmm. I believe that whatever Republican household used to get 100% of the Republican votes, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think Hillary is going. There's going to be a split in these homes that that they never had that split before. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the husband and wife voting for one person. Mm-hmm. I don't think that will be the case with Hillary. I think that there that will be there will be a split between that husband and that wife's vote. I really believe that. Yes, yes. And and you, you made a valid point um, earlier about the emotionalism, you know, that we as women carry um, 
and and how would uh, this woman would be able to hold up during hard times and or whenever she's facing um, pressure? Mm-hmm. And 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 I I really had a concern about that as well because we as women are very emotional, mm-hmm. and and I am not. Uh, a feminist, neither am am I anti-man. I, I'm not against men. I'm not against women. I'm for order, and and I'm not against women at all. Rule at all. No, no. But I really believe, you know, not being sexist, but the man is the head of the house. <laughs> God, God said order, and I would feel more secure. I feel safe with the man. <laughs> I feel safe with a man, and I would feel more secure knowing that a man, and, and I know I'm going to get shot down for it, but that's all right. This is my opinion. I'm entitled to a yes, free yes, country. Yes. I would feel more secure with the man running this country. Mikhail, let me say this. Do you, do you think that, you and Brian can answer, do you think that because, uh, do you think she was emotional because that's something that we haven't seen since uh, the current president has been in office? Do you think that she had to show a sign of sincerity? Because uh, President Bush, you don't see that side with him. You don't see that compassion side of him. But I think you saw that with President Clinton when he was in office. And I think, I think that may be the reason why, um, if it was a ploy, if it was a plot for her to do that, do you think it was more of a her, her uh, doing a sincere touching of the heart because of the way things are going on right now? Yeah, I, I believe it could have been a, a little sway to um to, to show people a human side of her. Yes, yes. I, I really did, and and then um and she probably felt that she would be able to um secure the um the favor of women mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Because I know that she's depending on the female vote. I know she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, Greg, I want to. I want to touch on something that uh, Mr. Jihad had said earlier mm-hmm. about there being racism in politics. Now, if you all can remember, they were touting that Hillary Clinton would win out in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, you know, and all these places that predominantly vote for, you know, white males or, you know, and white folks in general and that they, they they didn't think that Obama would do well in those places. And then you see how well, you know, Obama does, you know, significantly well and, you know, basically one of the whitest states in America. And I'm just, I'm actually, I'm actually talking about the same thing that I heard uh, Mr. Rush Limbaugh talk about. He said, here it is, you have an African-American who, you know, gets 38% of the vote in one of the whitest states of America, and he turns around and doesn't do that well in the whitest state of America, in New Hampshire, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially, I think the problem with it, with uh, with the Clinton campaign was that they didn't expect to do so bad in there and then to get blown out as like they did and have Obama be at the top, that put worry in people's hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. You know, but, again, was it a, was it was it something spontaneous or was it staged? We'll never know mm. unless if, there, if it was staged and the people decide to say, yeah, we staged it, you know. But um, the reality behind it is that you still have at least another year and a half to go. You know, probably what what is it? November of uh, two thousand nine. That I mean, two thousand eight. That we yes. that we vote. Yes. So we still have at least another year and a month before we have a new president. And so you'll see a lot of new things happen. You'll see a lot more swaying to all sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember when they had the uh when they were campaigning last year and they were, when they went to Selma, Alabama. You had Barack, he was talking to the folks in Selma the way that you talked to folks in Selma. And so was Hillary. She would talk and she basically had her little slang, you know, her, uh, how, how do I want to say this, her southern dialect speaker, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then when she went to, you know, Michigan, she spoke in very eloquently, like as if she had to change the way that she spoke for those particular constituents. And so I think that's really, and that's something that 
you know, the other side, the GOP have really been harping on this. Well, she'll go to a church and try to talk black, and then she try to say, you know, oh, I'm good in Michigan and I'm cool or whatever. You know, it's almost like they were they they attacked her because she she tried to make herself feel more at home than they felt she should have. Well, Brian, let me ask you guys this. I'm, I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but it, do you think that the that with Barack Obama running for president and him having everything as close as it, as close as it is with the other Democratic uh, candidates, do you think? And I know, and I know the researchers are having a ball with this. Do you think that that's a really uh, good measuring stick to say where we are as African Americans or or minorities, uh, where we are right now to measure this country as far as what we think of the African-American community? No. No, yeah, and I'll tell you why. The numbers can be skewed, right? That's one. <laughs> but the real central thing is they don't see Barack Obama the way that they see the average African-American man. Yes, yes, yes. Totally different, totally if different. If I walked in a room and nobody knew who I was, and I could have been, you know, any, I could be a CEO of a company, which actually I am, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I walk in a room with a suit and tie on and speak eloquently, they they would assume that, yeah, oh, that's CEO of a company or that's somebody who's very intelligent. And I could be the biggest crook, thief, criminal, murderer on the planet. But it's just the fact that, being an African-American male, you almost have to go the extra mile just to get halfway to your destination when it comes to the, the opinions of people as a whole. They don't always, and I'm not saying everybody looks at you this way, but if I walked in the room and I had on baggy pants and a hoodie and I was talking about I'm a CEO of a company, most of the people in there would laugh. They say, you a CEO of what company? You know, thugs are us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, and so, I mean, that's that's the perception. And so, look, what I believe is that the perception of, of the African-American male has not changed just because we have one running for office. Because some of our own people have actually labeled him as being, you know, he must be an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't let you in there if you weren't an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. Why would you have all these, you know, people of other, you know, races pushing you up there and so, you know, vigilantly voting for you and pulling for you and propping you up and wanting you to be the president if if you were down with us? If you was a real brother, they wouldn't like you. See, that's what's going on. That's what's being talked about in the barbershops mm-hmm. and in the places that that will actually pull and garner people, you know, votes. Yeah, a lot of That's votes. That's why are, you have. Huh? Yeah, yeah, a lot of votes are in the in the barbershops and in the churches and, and everywhere. But let me ask this. Do you think that the presidential position, do you think that's more of a system? And, and the reason I say that is, does it really matter who we put in the office because the system is going to run the way the system is going to run? Does that person have a lot of impact or a lot of effect that they can make these uh, changes uh, against the system, or, or can a person come in and make uh, differences, do you think? You know, Greg, it's funny because what I think is it doesn't matter who is in that position. What really drives and runs the United States is the Congress. Because here it is, the Congress can make the laws, the president can sign off on it or he can veto it. Then it goes back to Congress. So it's really like a checks and balances. But when you look at our Congress, our Congress does not really have a, a true checks and balances anymore because if the Congress doesn't go the way that the president wants it to go, he can veto it. Mm-hmm. And he does all the time. Mm-hmm. You see, so are we really just, you know, banging our heads against the wall or are we really affecting change? See, true change won't come until one side holds all the jacks. You know how you play jacks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if I got all the jacks, 
or or marbles. You know, if I got all the marbles, you got to play my game. Yes, Mikhail, are you still there? If you don't have any marbles to play with, you know, and I think that's really why, you know, in in the past couple of days, uh, months, and years, we've been just going back and forth. We're so adamant to get the president, the current president, sitting president, out of office because he hasn't gone the way that the prevailing party right now wants him to go. Yes. And, Brian, I want to ask Mikhail a question as far as the the Middle East and us being over in – and in Iraq and wherever we are, you know, with the way the system being set up in in in, in the country that we're fighting in right now, the way it's, it's set up, do you think that the government, that the new governmental system that's over there, do you think that that is, uh, let's say, tromping on the the religious beliefs and rights of the people that are there now? And the reason I say that is it. A lot of things that the, the new uh, government that's over there now, a lot of the people are saying, well, I don't believe in doing what this government system says we have to do. So do you think we're forcing our beliefs on another country? I believe that we could be forced, forcing our ways, our culture, and our way of doing things upon another culture. Because, and see, I, you know, what, what we as Americans don't understand is that, like I said before, Earlier is that these Muslim people they, they don't they don't separate their um, faith from their government and from their culture it's all one. Right. We as Americans we're so much as I would say hypocrites when we when we say about what we believe. If if, if we really believe what we believe, we would be just as passionate about Jesus and and our other you know whatever people believe in over here than the people over there. You don't see Christians blowing themselves up and you know you don't see Christians going to the extreme because they're not as passionate as these people are because they live their their lives Islam through and through everything they eat, they pray five times a day and I'm not glorifying them, but this is how they live. Mm-hmm. And our culture is also based upon Christian beliefs and a lot of our Etiquette, our mannerisms, a lot of things that we do is based upon what's in our culture. So I believe that we could be um, sort of, you know, imposing just like when you when you have a, an unwanted guest in your house. They they're, they're doing things differently. You're not used to it. So I'm I'm pretty sure the people there are uncomfortable. But um, yes, I, I do believe that some some kind of way we are an inconvenience <laughs> to their to their religion. Yes, yeah. and you know what? Mm-hmm. This year. Uh, this this presidential election that's coming up, it it may just be me, but it's like the new candidates now. It's like they know that they have to get in touch. They know that they need the young person's vote. Mm-hmm. They're going after the young young crowd now more so than they they've ever have. And I'm wondering why 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 is that? Because we have a baby boomer generation that's. Um Basically, I, I, I believe that, that we're gearing them up for something too. I believe that that the um, government is gearing the young people up because they're they're the future, they're tomorrow. But we have this big old baby boom generation that's about to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. or be in the hospital, you know, just old. <laughs> and and I really believe <laughs> that 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 they're targeting the new. I mean, the, the younger generation. And if you want to know my honest opinion, I, I believe that that um. It's, it's, it's a conspiracy. I believe it's, it's head toward a new world order. I believe that they need young blood to do whatever Illuminati. they need to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to get too deep. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? It, it's almost it, it's almost as if they know that they can persuade a young person to vote a certain way. Hmm. That's what it, that's what it seems like. It, it, you see them in MySpace. You see them on Facebook. You see these guys. That's true. Right that now. is so true. Because see, see, Satan is raising up an antichrist society, mm. <laughs> and and then he needs help. He he needs an army, and 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 the young people are the future. And the Satan always goes after the young people mm. all the time. So I know it's a diabolical plan and a conspiracy to um to get these young people, and because by the time. You know this new world order stuff takes place. These kids will be our age, and you know what I'm saying that they'll be old enough. They'll be in office. They'll be in in, in high levels of, of position. So if they can get them and brainwash them now, they yes. can yes. implement whatever plans they want to implement. Then. Yes, 
And you know what? We're running out of time. Uh, tonight's show has been awesome. And, you know, I, I thank you, Mikhail, for calling in and all the other listeners that are out there listening. And, you know, Brian, we live, this is the greatest country in the world. Absolutely. We live in the greatest country in the world. Whether we believe in uh, in the president or not, this is the greatest country in the world. I do believe that. And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where we've reached our goal tonight of being more, doing more, and having more. We wish you farewell, and we'll be, see you on Friday night. Good night. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.